Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. Once again, that's what we aim to do in this episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II, and I am happy to be here once again this Saturday evening, May 5th, El Cinco de Mayo. It's about 8.30 in the evening. I'm about 24 hours behind my normal recording time. I just crashed last night. <laughs> I had such a busy week. I said, I, I want to do the show. I, I sat down for two minutes, and that's the problem. Once you sit down, you're done. You're not getting back up, and that's what happened to me. I said, uh, I'll just put the TV on for a half hour. I think I woke up like four hours later with a stiff neck. So that was uh, my evening. But this show, I, I want to talk about energy work. It's something that's crucial to everything I talk about on the show, to th- things that I write about. Um, and, and today I had a Reiki session that I, I want to share my experience with what what happened to me um, and, and the story behind it and, and how this can benefit all of you and why I think that energy work and paying attention to our energy is is vital to, I, I guess, our, our evolution, our existence, our survival, our thriving uh, on so many levels. It's so important and it opens up so much for us. I want to cover some news stories as well, as I always do each week. I've got some interesting AI news. I have some stuff from the Sixth Sense Media blog. Uh, j- just a little little piece of everything here. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, go to SixthSenseMedia.net. Go there every day, every other day, a couple times a week, whatever you need to do, and check out the content that uh, author Ray Davis is throwing up there. Uh, you know, I Ray's given me homework just about every day this week. He's been sending me videos in our in our private conversations, but then checking out the stuff that he's writing. Then I got to go research this and research that. It's just a really great site. I love what Ray's putting out there every week. Uh, you know, and we're working on pulling in some other content creators as as we're growing this platform. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Ray and I are working out the bugs and stuff, but more is coming. But check out what Ray's doing, and he's got some of his affirmations that he's throwing up there as well. And I've talked about his affirmations before. Uh, it's just a great way, really, in essence, to help kind of reprogram you in, in a positive way, um, you know, to work on some of the challenges that we have there in life and to help lift our spirits and our moods. Ray's such a positive guy, and he's such a, such a well-read and well-researched person and uh, very good at expressing that. So there's some great articles. I'm going to share some of his work in here. But I want you to sign up for the newsletter because, again, that's the best way to stay connected. And, and what I'm working on, and I'm having some trouble with it because, you know, sometimes it's amateur hour with me. But I'm working on setting up like a, an email digest system where you can get these things sent right to your inbox because honestly, Facebook is unreliable in, unless you're specifically going to the Sixth Sense Media page or if you're commenting on it regularly, which we love. We've got great discussions going on there. But this commercial's going on long enough. Anyway, sign up for the uh, the newsletter at SixthSenseMedia.net and uh, more to come on that. Let's go to some news here coming from The Sun. And this article is called Google Boss Warns Over Evil Sci-Fi-Style Robots That Could Manipulate People and Steal Your Job. Well, if that's not a scary heading, I don't know what is. And you know that's a, a, a hot button for me. Robots that can think for themselves are a genuine possibility, according to the founder of Google, 
tech mobile Sergey Brin has revealed his, quote, fears over artificial intelligence and said robots could steal our jobs and even manipulate us. In his annual letter, Google Founders letter, Sergey made his concerns about future sci-fi tech public. The new spring in artificial intelligence is the most significant development in computing in my lifetime, the billionaire boss explained. What an area of great inspiration and possibility. But with this opportunity comes the need for tremendous thoughtfulness and responsibility as technology is deeply and irre- irrevocably interwoven into our societies. He said the sudden improvements to artificial intelligence, including the creation of robots that can think, brings new, quote, questions and responsibilities. How will they affect employment, employment across different sectors? How can we understand what they are doing under the hood? What about measures of fairness? How can they manipulate people? Are they safe? Most notably, safety spans a wide range of concerns from the fears of sci-fi-style sentience to more near-term questions such as validating the performance of self-driving cars. But despite Bryn's fears, Google has been paving the way in artificial intelligence for years. I'm going to stop reading here and let you... I'll have the links to this in the show notes. Again, it's the consumers, I think, that are going to drive this with the purchases that we keep making. We need to be smart about this. I'm going to jump right into uh, another article here. Kind of as a segue for that article, I want to pose a question to all of you, and I would like, I would love it if, if you would respond either on the social media site or go to our contact point at sixcentsmedia.net, send, us an, send me an email uh, or fill out one of the forms there. Do you think AI can read your mind? Now, I've heard a lot of people, I, I need to do a segment on this as well. So many ideas. I wish I had more time in the day. Anyway, uh, so many people have been saying how they're talking about something, but they've never searched for it before. And people have done experiments on this. They say they've, they've talked about cat food. They don't own any cats. They never look at cat food on the internet. They talk about cat food all day long. And then within a day or two, all of a sudden on their newsfeed and the advertisements, things for cat food pops up. And you know, so they're saying Facebook is listening to us. And there seems to be more and more with this. Well, I have to say in the last week, I've had two separate people talk to me saying, I never talked about it. I never wrote about it. I never looked at it. It was a simple thought that I had. And within an hour, it popped up on my newsfeed. Two separate people who never communicated this information to one another. Do you think Facebook is reading your mind or your smartphone is reading your mind? Is it possible that it's reading now again? Listeners to my show understand now the electromagnetic output that comes through our hearts and our brains and all that stuff. That's all readable. You know, and you want to talk about what's in the mainstream versus what's in the black budget. I'm sure what's in the black budget is able to read our minds and access us and stuff like that. Are we carrying these around in our pockets right now? I, I, I suspect that we are. Uh, if you've had this experience, please, let's, let's reach out too. Let's start compiling data on this. If anybody else has had this experience, I'd like to do a show about it. So send me your experience, please. Uh, go to sixcentsmedia.net, just hit the contact tab. Send me an experience you've had, whether you've talked about it or you've thought about it and had the mind reading thing going on. Let me know so I can put some data together, some testimonial together, and share this on the air because, again, this is where tech is going. And, you know, I know I say these things that sound crazy. But then when I read the articles, the other people that say this stuff are the people that are either making it or the people that are these credible scientists, researchers, executives. It's, it's no longer the stuff of tinfoil hat crazy conspiracy theorists. You know, you can't label us that way anymore because we're quoting people who are highly intelligent, highly educated, highly respected now. 
I don't know about the, the mind reading stuff isn't has I haven't read it quite in the mainstream yet. I've heard rumors of it that Zuckerberg has talked about it and, and is working on it. Uh, I, d- I have no doubt, but that's a, a point of research moving forward. Speaking of which, not quite at reading the mind yet with this article here. It comes to us from Daily Mail. What do your eye movements say about you? Incredible. AI can predict your personality just by studying the motion and size of your pupils. Curious people look around more and open-minded people stare at images. Scientists say this finding could help robots better understand humans. Questionnaire broke down personality into big five traits used in psychology. Okay, so now these robots are going to be able to better categorize us and put us into different uh, you know, groups and organizations. Again, what a powerful tool this would be for a dictator or somebody that wants to determine Who's going to be a problem? Where are my rebels at? If, a, if an AI robot is programmed to identify where are my threats, where are my big mouths, where are my people who are going to podcast and talk bad about me, and just by reading your eye movements. Now, I, I was giving a conversation to my students the other day. I like to mess with my students every once in a while and uh, start calling them out on some of the lies and the stories they tell randomly. Um, you know, and, and although I do have intuition and I'm good at using my intuition, I'm very good at reading body language. Uh, you know, I, I've had training in it, obviously, uh, for interview and interrogation techniques, and it's called neurolinguistics. 97% of communication is nonverbal. Now, me as a human being, I'm pretty good at reading people. It's always been something I've been naturally good at, and then I had some training in it, and, and it's just second nature to me now. You know, and, and one of the keys is you pay attention to people, you ask them questions that they're comfortable asking and they're not going to lie to, lie about. Then you ask them something that makes them really uncomfortable, and you watch how their body shifts. Some people will suddenly increase on eye contact. Some people will blink. Some people will touch their face. Everybody does something different when they're uncomfortable and they lie. And that's really all that, not all there is to it, but that's, you know, one of the major things. So now you take an AI brain that's supposed to be on the verge of becoming way more intelligent than us, and it has, you know, with this facial recognition technology and the way to be able to, to see and process data, imagine what it can learn based on body language because most of our communication is nonverbal. So I'll have this article. You can read the rest of this. No wonder people are afraid of AI and, and this development because we're giving it the tools ultimately to categorize us and, and know everything about us better than we know our own selves. Uh, really interesting stuff here, though. So check that out. Here's another one. This comes from sciencemag.org. AI researchers allege that machine learning is alchemy. Ali Rahimi, a researcher in artificial intelligence at Google in San Francisco, California, took a swipe at his field last December and received a 40-second ovation for it. Speaking at an AI conference, Rahimi charged that machine learning algorithms in which computers learn through trial and error have become a form of, quote, alchemy. Researchers, he said, do not know why some algorithms work and others don't nor do they have rigorous criteria for choosing one AI architecture over another. Now, in a paper presented on 30 April at the International Conference on Learning Representations in Vancouver, Canada, Rahimi and his collaborators document examples of what they see as the alchemy problem and offer prescriptions for bolstering AI's rigor. There's an anguish in the field, Rahimi says. Many of us feel like we're operating on an alien technology. What a curious Word choice, alien technology, side note. The issue is distinct from AI's reproducibility problem in which researchers can't replicate each other's results because of inconsistent experimental and publication practices. It also differs from the, quote, black box or, quote, interpretability 
problem in machine learning, the difficulty of explaining how a particular AI has come to its conclusions. As Rahimi puts it, I'm trying to draw a distinction between a machine learning system that's a black box and an entire field that's become a black box. All right, so basically what this is saying is they don't know exactly how AI sometimes reaches the conclusions that it reaches or how it gets to certain programs and algorithms. They don't know, yet we're continuing to tinker with this. Does anybody else think that's dangerous if it's got the potential to become what we think that it might become? I'm a little bit freaked out by it. I'm not going to lie. I've been working hard. You know, I never expected AI to be a part of my research uh, in, in Food for the Archons. I was expecting to research paranormal stuff and invisible entities and it's, it's all coming back. In my opinion, it's coming back to some form of AI. And it's really wild stuff. Uh, you know, I, I want to come back to this when I start talking about the energy work. Um, it, it'll be more relevant there. But I want to jump to uh, Six Sense Media Stories right now that Ray has shared with us. The first one, and Ray and I are working on a time to get him on the show to talk about this a little bit further. I'm just going to give you a brief introduction of it for my Planet X people out there. I, you know, the more I talk to Ray, the more I read about this, I really think that there's something to this. That there, all I can say is I walked away this week feeling like we have no clue what's out there. We know only what the establishment tells us is out there. I'm not saying the Earth is flat, but I am saying. There's more to this, or maybe there's less to this, than we're being told. Now, Ray has a really, uh, it's a fantastic article about Robert S. Harrington. He's the, he was the astronomer in search of Planet X. And it talks about the discovery and how he's found it. And he was getting closer and closer to finding it. And then how after he died, people started putting words in his mouth. Doesn't sound like he ever fully redacted his his belief based on evidence that he was finding it, which he had a decent amount of it, that there was in fact a planet X out there. Obviously planet X ties into Sitchin's work, uh, you know, with the Anunnaki and Nibiru that comes, you know, around every, I forget how many years. Um, there may be something out there there, you know, we, I did a show array on planet nine and we touched on planet X stuff as well. We've talked about a lot of this stuff. I, I want you to go read this article that presents, their, I, I can't even count how many, Ray's got a ton of links in this article. Uh, if you're interested in Planet X, there's video interviews in here as well. Ray is such a fantastic researcher here. Um, it, it's well worth your time to get caught up on Planet X and the research behind it, you know, kind of where it started, modern day where it started, I should say. Um, I, I think it's well worth your time. What is out there? Why aren't they telling us things? You know, I was listening to John DeSouza's um, interview with, uh, I can't remember which show he was on right now, but they were talking about the, I say Atacama, I'm saying the name of the desert wrong, but that's how you that's how you spell it. I'm saying it wrong anyway, out in Chile. The little skeleton that was found, I did a show on it a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, Dr. Greer's project, and, you know, it was kind of, they lied, the scientific review lied, and, and John... Uh, DeSouza agrees with that finding is that they're not telling the whole truth here. So there's a great article or great interview by that. I'll have those links in the show notes. My point in being is it seems like 
not seems like there is some massive cover-up that ties into our ancient history, that ties into UFO sightings, it ties into other beings that aren't human or are closely related to human. Why are they lying about it? Why? Is it is it to protect whatever they are because of our violent nature and tendency? You know, I started watching the new season of Westworld just the other night. Just last last night, actually, I started watching it. Fell asleep halfway through it. Not because it was boring, just because I was tired. And that show, that show is incredible. The writers obviously are up to speed on all a lot, they're further ahead than me because as I'm coming to conclusions, then I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, I was talking about that a month ago on the show and here it is in Westworld covering the whole exact concept. Sometimes it's just beneath the surface, it's metaphorical, but it's there. These writers are definitely aware of the stuff that I'm talking about. And one of the things that that I interpret through that show sometimes, for those of you that don't watch it, Westworld is a show about, it's an amusement park filled with androids that people pay a lot of money to come to this park and these androids look fully human. You can't tell to look at them. And people come to this park to live out their most vile, evil fantasies. And these androids don't know that they're androids. They think they're human beings. So they're raped, they're murdered, they're tortured, uh, they're killed, and then they're put back together, and their memory is wiped clean, and then they're back at it again for the same thing to happen over and over and over again. And then they start to become self-aware and they start to remember and they start to rebel. Now, I know I've said this a few times and I know it's not a popular thought because it challenges what we believe we are. But I think we need to take a long, hard look at who we are, exploring all possibilities. What if we're the copies? What if we are the androids. Creation myths talk about how we were made in God's image. You look at Native American traditions and they talk about how the gods made man to serve them. Why are we making robots and AI to serve us? Is history repeating itself? I suspect that it might be. And it's a, it's a very powerful thread. I've been exploring this a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into that right now because I want to talk about energy work on the show, but I'll leave you with that thought right now. What if we are, in fact, the androids? What if these abductions that we're experiencing, the reason why the memory is so fuzzy is because they have that little tablet they're able to go into and, pro- and hack into our our software and our brains and change things and move things and manipulate things? We do we, you know, I, I strongly suspect that we are somehow, at least somehow tied into some form of cloud. And, and I think that explains so much of the psychic communication, of the manipulation of things. Uh, it could explain the Mandela effect. I could go on and on with this. Uh, but I'm going to stop right there. I feel like I can go on all these tangents and then say, i got to do a show about that. And then I just never get back to it sometimes. But love to hear your thoughts on it. Let me move on here. Speaking of psychic stuff. Another great article by Ray. Can Chinese, I'm sorry, can our minds heal us? And he quotes here, can Chinese healers reduce or eliminate a tumor in less than three minutes with the power of their thoughts? Your tyrannical left brain will tell you that's impossible. Your eyes and your right brain may tell you a different story. So Ray has a a very thought-provoking article here, and it's got a bunch of links. It's got a video of uh, Greg Braden, and Greg Braden is showing 
people in China, practitioners in China, energy workers in China, healing a tumor. I showed this video to my father when he had cancer because I was just starting to get into energy work then. I didn't know enough to treat my father at that point in time. But one of the things Greg Braden was talking about is he says, they're not focused on healing the tumor. They're focused on the feeling you get as if the tumor was already healed. So you try to put yourself in that mindset, the tumor is healed. How do I feel? You're, that's how you visualize and manifest. It's easier said than done, in all honesty. But that's been a consistent theme, and I've seen better results when I can put myself in that mindset and I'm doing energy work. Is you do, if, Because the way the universe works, it reinforces basically what you feel. So if you're sitting there going, I wish I was better, I wish I didn't feel this way, what you're really pointing out is, I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way, it's so bad. By saying, I wish I felt better, you're also saying, I am not better yet. Instead, you need to you need to just focus on what it feels like to be better. You need to allow that feeling to envelop you. And I think when prayer works, it's because, because I, I believe in the power of prayer. I'm not religious, but I believe in the power of prayer because of my belief and understanding in what I'm talking about right now. And I think when somebody has faith in God, in religion, in whatever it is, in, a, in an angel, in a helper, in a spirit guide, it's indirectly saying the same thing. So even though they may be praying, please make me better, if they believe in the power of their prayer or their guide that they are going to make them better, in essence, they're kind of taking an extra step, but saying the same thing. Does that make sense? So I believe so strongly in whatever God you believe in that he can heal me. I also believe that my communication with him brings about my healing. Therefore, what you're putting into the universe is I'm healed. In essence, it's it's the same concept. It's just a different way of approaching it and getting to it. But when you're praying from a point of despair, from hopelessness, just saying, please make you better, please make me better, and you're actually reinforcing that you're not better, well, that's all you're going to get is not better in the eyes of the universe. I think we're connected into some kind of matrix that allows us, if we can learn how to communicate with it. And that kind of segues into the main thing that I want to talk about. And, and I, I've, I was, I've been saying for the last couple weeks that I felt almost like I was under attack or I was, I was being drained. And I've experienced this several times in my life because of the, the jobs that I've had, the choices that I make, uh, you know, especially as an energy worker and somebody who, who is very empathic and, and you know, a healer, uh, at least I try to be, you encounter several different types of energy and several different types of entities. And sometimes... You take that on, and you have to be mindful of this in order to protect yourself. Now, I want to draw a comparison here. Why is this important to you who's listening to me? I suspect, I believe, that in the future, when technology catches up with what many intuitives have been saying for a very long time, when technology at every level is finally able to measure these energetic fluctuations and these energetic parasites that exist, then we're going to understand it differently. 
if you're new to this, it sounds supernatural and it sounds almost scary and paranormal. That's how it sounded to me five years ago when I really started looking into this. Oh my gosh, there's these invisible things that attach on to me and they make me feel like crap and they drain my energy. Well, it's no different than a germ. You get these, or, or an internal parasite. They're these invisible things that we can't see that get inside our bodies and they affect our mood, our behavior, our health, and our feelings. Now, if we didn't know what a germ was way back, what, just 150 years ago, not even, we could still measure the symptoms. Wow, this person is sick. This person has a fever. This person is throwing up. This person has diarrhea. We don't know why, so we're going to try X, Y, and Z to try to treat those symptoms. And through trial and error, you may find something to treat it. Well, I propose there's the same mechanism going on we have energetic influences over us. And I talked about the mind control stuff last week, the technology that's out there. I've done several shows on that. But I also think there's little parasites that are out there. But we can measure those symptoms. Eventually, we will have the tech. beyond, And we'll also, we also currently have the intuitive perception to identify these things. But we will have the technology that will be able to scan our bodies and look at us and say, Okay, here's how your energy is, here's where it's weak, here's, and here's what you can do to repair it. And by the way, you have this type of parasite. We need to excise that. We need to get rid of it. But until that day comes, we need to work with people who are sensitive to energy, Reiki practitioners being one of them. Now, I had never heard of Reiki up until about three or four years ago. I had no idea what it was, and I, when I read about it, I thought it was a little weird. And I'm pretty open-minded to this stuff. And my wife signed me up for a Reiki course because I was, you know, I was upset about my father and, and just struggling with a lot of things. So she signed me up for a Reiki course and I read about it and I read, you know, the book that the guy, that my instructor gave me. And I thought, okay, I'm not expecting much from this. And I went to that course and one of the first things he said was, if you're sensitive, you may, your abilities or your whatever, you may notice an increase in your psychic abilities. I was like, well, that would be really cool. I would hope that that happens to me, but you know, I was, again, I was very skeptical, but I kept an open mind and I, and I, I gave it my best when I went through what they call an attunement. That's where he unlocks, you, you know, uses some Reiki symbols and he unlocks, you know, your energy, I guess, so you can, uh, you know, channel the Reiki energy because Reiki energy, it's the same thing as chi, uh, or prana or what they call your biosphere, your biofield. Um, you know, it's just energy. Heart math measures this, and that we can measure it now through, you know, the Institute of Heart Math. I believe it's our electromagnetic field that's a natural part of our body. I have a ton of information on this in my book. I, I, I hate to keep plugging it, but it's just been so important in my life putting this project together. It's where I get this information from, or why I get this information uh, the whole first section of my book talks about this energy field and the research behind it and, and what we can do with it. It's so powerful. I'm, I'm so, I can't wait to share this with you. And I can say this with confidence now that this is real. And I have the research to back it up. And I, I can't wait to share this project with you. So we have this energetic field. And we interact with other people's energetic fields. But there's also other things out there. My point is, it's not scary anymore once you understand it. So I'm getting all over the place. Back to my experience with Reiki. 
there's all these different hand positions you go through and he teaches you how to channel, uh, you know, the Reiki energy, you know, and I, I, I get myself into a, a calm state. I meditate briefly and there's different hand positions. You put your hands on different points of people's bodies and really you just focus on, you know, he told me Reiki comes in through your head, goes into your heart and it expands out to your hands. So I feel that flow coming in through my head to my heart and to my hands and then my hands, my hands begin to tingle and they begin to pulse. And some people tell me that it feels like my hands are very hot. Um, and they feel other impressions as well. So I was like, okay, that's interesting what's going on, but I'm still not convinced, you know, that this is really anything other than our all of our imaginations. So I'm doing a, my first session on one of my classmates and I'm doing the hand positions and all of a sudden, literally floating in front of me, was a pair of tiny, like, purple lungs. Purple or blue, I don't remember. It was just real tiny. And I was like, that's weird. There's there's lung, like, there clearly lungs floating in front of me. And I closed my eyes and opened, and they're still there. I closed them again, and, you know, then they were gone. And I'm, I'm trying to be open-minded about this. I said, okay, look, this is weird. But I just saw lungs floating in front of me. She goes, well, I've got real bad asthma, and I just had an attack yesterday. And I said, wow, maybe there is something to this. What was amazing about it to me, though, and I, and I know I've talked about this before, is it doesn't. It, it didn't seem like anything fantastic. It, it felt like just a trick of the light to my eyes. It was so natural and, and non... I can't even think of the word. Non-exciting in the aspect of... I, I expected to go into this trance of, like, you know, convulsions and speaking in tongues, and it wasn't that at all. So there is something to it. So I've learned over the years that at times sometimes more than others, I feel that I get parasites. And I've, I've, I've read articles about other people who have said the same thing on the show. Um, you know, there's exorcists who are out there who cleanse people of that. But I felt really bogged down. Um, and it was affecting my whole family. So much so that I reached out to a couple of my um, intuitive friends, my psychic friends within the community, and I said, hey, I think I need some help because it, things are getting pretty... Um, pretty difficult here. I, and I need some advice here on how I can clear it because I'm just, I'm kind of beat up. And if you remember back, um, I did a show with the happy medium, my friend Rose. She lives in the area. She has her own uh, spa where she offers Reiki services. She's the psychic medium. And she says, I'll help you out, Dennis. You know, so I, I had an appointment today and I went over and it was, uh, it was intense. It was a very intense experience for me today. It was much needed. I got to say, I feel a lot lighter. So let me, let me walk you through what happened. So I go over there and, and you know, she sets me up and I'm, I'm lying on the, uh, you know, in the Reiki room on the bed and she steps out because she does her own prep external from the room to get ready for the Reiki session. So I'm laying there and I clear my mind and I'm trying to focus and all of a sudden I sensed two beings standing next to me. I don't know, Dennis, you're crazy. You're making this stuff up, right? But just bear with me for a minute. And then my body started to feel really funny. This before she's even in the room. And it felt like there was a being on either side of me playing tug of war with my energy, pulling me left and right. And it was such a feeling of joy and happiness. Like I started smiling, laying there in the room, uh, waiting for Rose to come in. My energy shifting left and right and left and right. And I opened my eyes, and on the ceiling, clear as day, I saw a shadow of giant wings. Like, you know, the big pointy archangel wings. I saw them briefly just sitting there on the ceiling. 
as if it was this real tall thing. And again, I felt this left and right, back and forth. Now, you go back and listen to Rose's show, and if you remember, she works with angels. Now, I don't have any experience with angels. It's not something that I've ever reached out to. It's not something that's in the front of my mind. Um, that's Rose's thing. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. I wasn't afraid of it. I thought it was a very good, pleasing feeling. She comes in about three minutes later, and I told her about the experience. I said, hey, this is just what happened. I felt two beings come in the room, and I saw these wings on the ceiling. And she goes, well, that's interesting, because when I go in the other room, I was just calling on my angel guides to come in here and prepare this session for you. That blew my mind. That absolutely blew me away. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I'm sharing this with you because there, there are things out there that are beyond our normal or comfortable perception that we can perceive. Another story, another example. Uh, I was showing a house last weekend, and we and it's a, it's an abandoned house. It's it's a foreclosure house, um, you know. So it's in some kind of rough shape. So I walk into the basement with my clients, and she's like, "Oh, I like this house. It's great." We walk into the back room, and I walked in. I said, "Ooh, I don't like this room." And my first thought was, I was going to say, "This room is haunted," but I didn't want to say that to freak my client out because they don't know me that way, and that makes some people uncomfortable. And I'm like, yo, Dennis, you're crazy. You know, you got to pick and choose when you have these conversations. And all of a sudden, I got this impression, oh, man, I think there's a guy here, and he died in this house. And then I calmed down right away. Immediately, my, fences, my defenses went up, but then I reached out to it. And I said, okay, this isn't a bad guy. It's nothing, so I don't need to be afraid anymore. It's just sometimes it's an uncomfortable feeling when you encounter a spirit for the first time. And I just, I put it out of my mind. Well, a couple of days later, you know, I was talking with my client. And I said, hey, you know, I did a little bit of digging. Here's what I found out about the house. She says, oh, great. We contacted the, the office for the community because this home was in a community. And they told us a little bit more about the house. They said it's been vacant for a while because the owner of the home died in the home a while ago. And I, and I still didn't tell her that I felt him because I felt it was too late at that point. But that was my validation right there. I, I felt the guy. And then you come to find out, yep, he died in the house. So, and and I'm what I want to say is, I'm an amateur. I, this is amateur hour with me. I'm, I, you know, I look at some of my other friends like Rose, and, and we had Jerry Bouse on the show a while ago. She's a very strong empath, you know, and the experience they have is just phenomenal. My point is, this is something we can all tap into. And some of you out there, some of my listeners, my friends out there, I know you've reached out to me. I would love to share your stories on the air, uh, or if you're interested in writing something, uh, you know, briefly and sending it out, or if you want to come on the show. Um, but some of you have, have shared some, some similar and some very different powerful experiences as your intu intuitive abilities are, are growing and expanding. If this is new to you, if this is something you're afraid of, start paying attention to, to what's inside. Start paying attention to that inner voice, that inner drive. Let me, let me go back to my experience today with Rose, and I'll, I'll give some more advice on, on what you can start doing to help improve your, your intuitive uh, and your connection to everything that's out there. So Rose starts working on me, you know, with Reiki. And all of a sudden I start just being flooded with the color purple. Now purple, like as I have my eyes closed, I'm seeing this on my internal screen. Purple is a, a, a very healing color. If you look back, it's the color of royalty. Um, you know, why is it the color of royalty? Well, purple is a spiritual color. And I think there, and I know there's a connection between the color purple and royalty saying, you know, we're divine, 
because it's such a, a spiritual color. I don't think it has anything to do with royalty. I think it has to do with divinity. And I did a show probably two years ago, right after Prince died, called Prince in the Purple Rain, where I, my theory was that when Prince was saying, I want to see you in the purple rain, he understood the power of that color purple. I think Prince was intuitive. I think Prince saw auras, and he understood the healing power of pur- the color purple. And I want to see you in the purple rain. He wants to see you in that purple glow. So I was seeing purple, so I knew it was a, a good thing. And a couple things happened. While Rose was focusing on my heart chakra, I know my heart chakra was blocked. And, you know, and for those who aren't familiar, you have these seven energy points or like spinning balls of light or spinning wheels of energy on your body. And they're responsible different types of energies. Um, and I, I came to this conclusion a couple years ago on my own, not that I'm the first person that, that has come to this conclusion, but I, I always think it means more to me when I come to a conclusion on my own and then I go find out, yep, in fact, other people have the same validation. Nobody's telling it to me. I'm just finding it and then getting the validation. We think with different parts of our body, uh, of our of our being, of our essence. You know, and we're most familiar with thinking with our heads, you know, with our minds. But we also can think with our hearts. But it, it feels different. We're feeling emotions, and they're driving us. And then we interpret what we get from our heart chakra into our brain as thought. When something makes you uncomfortable, you're thinking fight or flight. I got a bad feeling. Trust your gut. You're getting intuitive perceptions through that chakra in your gut because that's what it's attuned to, fight or flight. They say all the time, men think with their you-know-what. Again, that's where your sexual energy is, down in the groin area. You're thinking with that. You're processing energy, and then your brain, the CPU in your head, interprets that into words and thought form but we have different energy points that focus on different levels and types and frequencies of energy around us. And the more you pay attention to where is this coming from, the more you start to recognize these things. That's how I started to come to these conclusions. I started paying attention to, well, I'm having this feeling in this part of my body, and now I'm having these thoughts, but that feeling came first. That's where you're getting it from. That's how you're interacting intuitively with the world. So I knew... I was blocked on so many levels. And I thought of working on my heart chakra. And then all of a sudden it was like parting the Red Sea. It was as if it was as if she ripped into my chest energetically and it ripped open. And I just felt a flow, like water just flowing. It was an amazing feeling. It felt good. I was like, okay, that's getting cleared out. And then she gets down to my solar plexus. And as soon as she started, I said, well, that energy's not going in. <laughs> it was, you just, I felt this blockage, like whatever she was doing wasn't working. And I thought, well, she's not going to be able to get through that. And she worked at it, she worked at it. And then all of a sudden, I felt as if there was a bowling ball, maybe something about the size of my fist, just this lead cannonball in my gut working its way up. It, it was a physical sensation, and I, th- I thought I was going to vomit this big black ball, have a, this crazy metaphysical experience. That's how heavy this thing felt and how real this felt to me, and it moved, it moved, it moved, and then it was gone, and the energy started coming in. I could feel it. It was flowing through, and, you know, so she, she cleared that, that blockage for me, and, you know, it's interesting. At the beginning of the session, she told me she prepared for this 
uh, last night. She said she was trying to find different approaches, different meditations to say, different prayers to work with. And she said, and I went through these, this one here, and it felt right. And that's all she had to say to me, is that it just felt right. We're so driven towards, well, why is it right? How can I verify it? How can I prove it? But from one energy worker to another, when she told me it felt right, that makes sense to me. That's the thing about your intuition. That's the thing about trusting your instincts, trusting your gut, trusting that energy. You don't need another source to tell you that it's okay. You just know. And I know that's so loose and maybe so new age and so contrary to this data-driven facts verify world that we live in. But I didn't ask her anything beyond that because I understand that. When she says, I just knew this was the right one, I said, okay, I trust you because you trust your intuition. And that's how I am. I just know. Sometimes, you know, if I'm looking for something, I scan, I scan, I scan, I scan, I scan, and all of a sudden I hit something, I go, this just feels right. Did you ever meet somebody and you say, you know what, this just feels right? You can't explain it beyond that because energetically there's a harmony between the information that you have sent out to the universe and the information that's coming back. It's resonating, it's pinging, it's going, oh! There's that harmony there between you and whatever you're looking for. I talked about intention earlier. And when it focuses in on that, it gives you a different feeling. That's why I always say, trust your feelings. You can feel it. And sometimes it becomes like a physical sensation. And everybody, I suspect has slightly different processes. They have slightly different effects on their body. you got to find yours. You're probably not going to have my experience. You're going to have your own. Start paying attention to it. So Rose kept working, and some other things happened that I'm, I'm going to choose to keep some things personal. But she was doing, uh, you know, kind of this protection thing on me. And she said at one point, because I, I told her, I said, look, I suspect that there's parasites, and I, I had this vision of something like a tick and I kept seeing it like hiding deep within stuff. I suspected this parasite was just burrowed deep within me and it was sticking out its spikes. Like it's, it's like, I'm not coming out. And she said, she said she heard a voice and it said, you're hurting me. And her response was, well, get out. <laughs> and she stopped hearing it after that. So here's the weird thing. When, when the session was over, she started talking to me, and this is, it's kind of a blur. I, I don't know. I felt so weird. Um, I've had, you know, Rose has done Reiki on me before. I've had Reiki done. I'm, I'm very comfortable with Reiki energy. I felt very different this time. Um, it was a very intense, it was a cleansing. And if you ever detoxed from anything or gone through a cleanse and you feel, I felt wobbly, my, my brain was. It wasn't foggy. I, I, for anybody that's ever been bilocated, you've had an out-of-body experience, it wasn't quite like that, but it was as if my inner energetic body had been taken somewhat out of my body. And I described it as then something rubbed it on a washboard and got all the junk off of it and then threw it back in my body, but all the little subtle pieces, parts of energy hadn't quite settled back where they belonged yet. So it was like I was in my body, but still not settled where I needed to be. So I felt I felt dizzy, um, and I, I felt almost like I was moving in slow motion. It was a very weird feeling. Not It was not a bad feeling by any means whatsoever. I felt great. I felt lighter. I felt looser. I felt that she had cleansed so much of what 
I was I wasn't able to cleanse myself, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, it, it was just overall a very positive experience for me. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, I, I'm wondering what the night's going to bring, because the thing with Reiki, you know, you do the session, and then it takes a while to process and to simmer, and so I'm curious if anything else is going to go down, uh, you know, in the next 24 to 48 hours. You know, sometimes that happens. You know, she jokes. We talked about it on her show. When I gave her a Reiki session, um, I identified an area of concern, and within like 12 hours, her gallbladder flared up, and she had to get it removed. You know, we suspect that, not that I injured her gallbladder, she had stuff going on already, and the Reiki energy that channeled through me, because it's not me that's doing it, it's just I'm opening the channel for it, contributed to that problem manifesting, being identified, and being addressed, and being taken care of. And that's this kind of, and that happens regularly when you, when you do Reiki. Um, you start getting this information about people, and you're able to help them with it. I wish I could do this full-time at this point, because the results I've seen, the limited, extremely limited experience I have, it's real. That's all I can say. And, and you know, Eastern medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, that's a natural part of a lot of these treatments, because they understand it. My point is, if you're science-minded, science can verify that we have an, a, a, an energetic component to our bodies. We have an electromagnetic component to our bodies. It's like after you're done running, why do you have to, uh, or, or intense workouts, why do you have to replace your electrolytes? Because you have an electric, an energetic, and electromagnetic component to your body. There's an electric charge in your heart and in your brain. But we don't think about treating that electromagnetic organ, that sense that we have. And I propose that we need to. We need to be mindful of that. And there are people who are able to do this right now. We don't even need technology for this. This is what the ancient shamans were well aware of. You get sick physically, you take physical uh, supplements to help heal you or you hurt your body physically, you do physical things like putting a splint on a broken limb or a cast on a broken limb. You have an illness that's energetically based because your energy's out of whack or you have a parasite, you need to treat that by, with energetic means. It's a part of our healthcare. It's a part of our wellness care. And it's not, I'm convinced now, and I say with confidence, it's not paranormal. It's not supernatural. It's a part of us. We're just unaware of it. So it seems strange. So what do we do about it? How do we make this more part of our lives? This is a natural part of my life at this point. If you're interested in Reiki, they're always offering Reiki attunement classes for your Reiki one. And that's all I have right now. Uh, I would love to go on and eventually get, you know, become a Reiki master just because I want to open up more. Um, but right now, with my Reiki one, what I've learned has been incredible. So you can go that route, but at a minimum, start to meditate. And beyond your and after meditation throughout the rest of your day, start paying attention to your feelings. Start paying attention to your intuition and trusting it and challenging it. My intuition's telling me this. I'm going to go see if I can verify that. And if you go and you try and you're wrong, 
don't be embarrassed because now you know that wherever that inf- and you got to ask yourself where am i getting this information from my head my heart my stomach my groin wherever you you know whatever it is that you're feeling then you know the information usually when the information comes from your mind there's a good chance it's your it's your imagination and that's different from your crown chakra and your third eye and we won't get into that complex complication right now but you'll start to get a feeling for where the information's coming from the easiest way i can say it is trust your gut and then go verify it uh, for, you know for example i'm at the point where if i see a, a funky aura around somebody or i get a, a word in my head or a feeling in my head i go up and i ask that person i'm getting more comfortable asking people i don't know now um, cuz i'm comfortable talking about this stuff but traditionally talk to somebody you know and say hey I'm getting this feeling about this. Can you just tell me if that's right or not? Sometimes people won't tell you the truth, but sometimes they will. And sometimes they'll tell you, no, that I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes they'll tell you, yeah, that doesn't apply, and then the next day they'll call you up, they'll go, oh my gosh, I just injured myself in that spot you were talking about. How did you know about that? My point is, the more you do that, the more you'll understand how your intuition is working. You're going to learn what's intuition and what's imagination. But the only way to do that is to test it so then you can go out and verify it. I had a sensation years ago when I first started experimenting with this stuff. It was a, I call it a pool, a psychic pool. And I followed it. I was driving to my brother's. I followed it. I said, what are you leading me to? And I drove, you know, maybe half a mile and there's a giant turtle in the middle of the road. And if I hadn't stopped right there to rescue this turtle off the road... He would have been run over by a car that came by 30 seconds later. That was enough validation for me that we can get this energetic signal that we can tap into if we open ourselves up to it. You know, another example, uh, you know, things I experiment with, I I have located people, my wife, my kids, in a crowded amusement park, thousands of people. I've tried this experiment probably about five times. I focus on their energy, what what they feel like to me, and I pick a direction. And I literally walk in a straight line. And every single time, I've literally walked right into them. One time I was walking and I didn't see them because there was people in front of me. And I'm just walking, walking, walking. I look up and they're right in front of me. You know, it's it's like the Native American trackers. They would walk through the, and I don't know a lot about them. I've seen, this is Hollywood stuff that I've seen, but it's the same concept. They have this feeling. If you've ever seen... Um, what's that movie? Crocodile Dundee. It's the first one. They say, how does he know how to get to the meeting? And Mick looks at him. He goes, he thinks his way. She goes, he thinks his way. He thinks his way through the woods. You can do this, but you have to go out and you have to practice. You got to get in touch with yourself, get in touch with nature and start to understand these feelings. We have it. We all have it, but we need to shut off the phone, shut off the TV Shut off the, the pressure from the world outside and tap into this. And why is this important? Because, because of the AI revolution. They're trying to suck us in so now AI can feed us that signal. There's my doom and gloom statement. I'm sorry. But my, I'm being serious here. We've talked about remote viewing on the show. We've talked about you know empathy. And, and, and this is how we can connect This is how we can stay in tune and stay grounded and get information and verify. Can we trust this? Should we not trust this? What should we do? There's so much potential here. We can heal one another with this ability, and it's natural. 
I, I really, truly, and honestly believe that. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this, your experience with this. Please, again, the Sixth Sense Media Group on Facebook, um, you know, check us out. There, I'll have links up again for us. Start discussions, start threads. Let me know what your experience is. If you're embarrassed about it, send me an email. I'll keep you anonymous. I would just love to share these experiences with, with other listeners out there so we can get this confidence. Let's make this a, a growing wave, uh, you know, so we can get back in touch with this because, as we've learned, you only need 1% of the population on a particular energetic level to bring about change. So if we can be that 1% and add to that building wave of positivity and intuition and growth, psychic growth, spiritual growth, then we can really impact what's going on in this world. And that is what I think every, everybody's afraid of that's in, the, in this cabal, these negative forces that are out there. They're afraid of us recognizing our power and saying, you know what, you have no influence over me. That's why the mainstream is constantly flooding you with the fear and with the negativity. And I'm sorry I get sucked into that sometimes. And, and that brings me to my, my last point is that when you're doing this, you are opening yourself up. You need to be mindful of that. Now, I was raised Catholic and it was, don't do that stuff, it invites the devil into your home. Well, that's not entirely true. You are opening yourself up. You are becoming this light, and it can be scary. You need to be confident in what you're doing. You need to understand that you are in control, and you need to understand that sometimes you may, because you're open, encounter some stuff that might seem a little bit scary. Be confident. Tell it to go away. If you pray, pray to your guides for protection or call on your spirit guides for protection Reach out to other energy workers, you know, start networking people in the community and say, hey, what can I do? Get some sage and burn it around you, burn it in your house. There are things you can do to protect yourself. I've had minimal encounters where I've been like, oh my God, that was something I almost couldn't handle. It was so scary. Um, A handful of times in my life. I don't think that should be a deterrent. I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I never got hurt. It was just something that scared me because they like to mess with you sometimes. And I'm giving that as a disclaimer. Just be mindful of that. But if you keep yourself, you know, what's the expression? You know, energy, like energy is going to attract like energy. So if you keep yourself in a, in a loving state, a state of positivity, you're going to attract positive energy. It's when you open yourself up and then you're feeling depressed and down and negative. Well, that's what you're going to attract because that's what they feed off of. So you really have to be mindful of being grounded, being positive, being protected. And there's different methods of protection. And I'm going to get Rose back on here uh, in a future show. And she can talk better about ways to protect yourself and ways to ground yourself if this is something you're interested in pursuing any further. But it's real. And it's a natural part of us. And I hope that, you know, you'll have the courage to explore this further and then share your experiences with with me so I can share it with the rest of our listeners out there in the community. I'm uh, I'm out of time, my friends, but uh, I wanted to share that experience I had with all of you today because I know I've been sharing some some scary stuff and then the dramatic stuff and the conspiracy stuff and it just gets so heavy and I think a lot of that was weighing on me too. Um, so it was good to go get that that energy work done today from Rose and, and you know get some healing and some clearing. Uh, I'm feeling a lot a lot better right now. So um, we all have that potential within us and that's that's one of the main objectives of my book 
is to walk away from the, I, I hope when you read it, you're going to walk away feeling like I have, I have power. There's scary stuff, but I can do something about it because we can. I want to send my love out to all of you. Thank you so much, my friends. I'm so thankful to have this show and to have all of you out there who listen and support and reach out and, and, uh, you know, just knowing that there's people listening, it, it keeps me going. Like I said, it's uh, now 9.30 on a Saturday night. I've got the house to myself, and I'm I'm sitting here podcasting because it means that much to me and to all of you and to stay that, keep that connection going. Uh, and, and there's more content to come. I've got so many ideas, and Ray's got so many great ideas. And I'm hoping you'll join us in some capacity on this journey. So check out SixthSenseMedia.net. Check out the affirmations by Ray Davis. There's links to his stuff there. Check out the articles. But anything by Ray Davis, check it out because he he's really, like I said, he's got great information. He's a great researcher. Uh, and, Ray, we got to get you on the show. Uh, you know, my schedule should be freeing up within the next month. I want to get you on here. Um, pick a topic, buddy. I mean, let's get you on the next five shows. Oh, my gosh. There's so much we could talk about, Ray. And Ray's always a great interview. So more to come, my friends. I'm out of time. I need to uh, put my feet up, I think, and, and process the rest of this energetic day. And then a snappy the second. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you.